Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is www.whatonearthishappening.com. The network website is revolutionbroadcasting.com. Today is Tuesday, June 29th, 2010. The call-in number for this show, feel free to call in at any time. As always, there are no taboo topics on this radio program. The call-in number is 724-444-7444. Once again, the call-in number is 724-444-7444. When you call in, you have to give the call ID number. The call ID number for this show is 83515. Once again, the call ID is 83515. So we have a pretty good show lined up for this evening. Hopefully we'll get to take some calls tonight as well. Uh, Tonight's topic will be a continuation of the themes that we've been talking about over the last couple of uh, weeks on this show, namely mind control and its methodologies. So... I usually start off the show with some event announcements in the Philadelphia area. I have three of them this evening. Coming up in less than two weeks now, uh, what is potentially shaping up to be a huge event in the Philadelphia area and a very important event for all of humanity when you understand the critical significance of the technologies that were invented by Nikola Tesla the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations 2010, July 9th, 10th, and 11th. The Tesla Science Foundation brings together scientists, inventors, and enthusiasts for a three-day conference highlighting the need for a new energy paradigm. This July in Philadelphia, the Tesla Science Foundation will be hosting a three-day conference and celebration to commemorate Nikola Tesla's legacy and world vision. 
Tesla was a brilliant inventor who lived during the turn of the 20th century. His innovations resulted in the implementation of alternating current, radio, the AC motor, wireless technology, and many other influential inventions that we now take for granted in the modern age. Tesla's vision to bring clean, free energy to the world through advanced wireless technologies was blocked by the financial and corporate interests of his time. Through this event, the Tesla Science Foundation will bring together like-minded scientists, inventors, and enthusiasts who share the common goal of bringing Tesla's advanced energy technologies to fruition for the betterment of humanity. And boy, oh boy, do we ever need that at this time. We needed it 100 years ago when Tesla invented it, but the world is crying out for it in the modern day. The event schedule for the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations are as follows. On July 9th from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m., they will be holding a birthday celebration for Tesla. Tesla was born on midnight between July 9th and 10th, 1856. This, will, this birthday bash will be at the Independence Visitor Center. That's at 6th and Market Streets in Philadelphia. There's going to be a Tesla coil uh, competition. They'll be firing many Tesla coils in honor of Tesla on his birthday night. This event is free to attend. The next day at the same location, Independence Visitor Center, 6th and Market Streets, from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. on July 10th, Tesla Fest featuring exhibits, vendors, information, art, and music. This event is also free to attend. I have the honor of hosting one of the events as part of the uh, Energy Independence Celebrations for this year. I'll be the Master of Ceremonies at the presentations and lectures at the Free Library of Philadelphia at 1901 Vine Street, July 10th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., the featured speakers are Russell Anderson, Michael Kelly, Tatiana Militek, Michael Treat, Mano Davina, Michael Craner, and Brian Yetzer. This event is also free to attend. Three of the five events as part of this conference are completely free. So come on out, learn about Tesla and his technologies, and have some fun with us and uh, uh, have some fun uh, helping to bring this message of awareness about clean energy technologies to other people as well. Uh, to, to kind of uh, wrap up the event, or as a centerpiece, I should say, there is a reception, dinner, and concert being held the evening of July 10th. That's Saturday, July 10th, from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. at the Arch Street Meeting House. That's at 320 Arch Street in Philadelphia. This will feature the Theremin-based ensemble, the Divine Hand Ensemble, uh, centered around the electronic instrument known as the theremin, which is absolutely unique, and it, it's like a you know a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to really get to hear a virtuoso with this instrument. And uh, the 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 uh, conductor of this uh, orchestral ensemble is just that he is a virtuoso with the theremin, and uh, it's something that has to be really experienced. This event, both the dinner and the concert, only $20 for a great evening out and supporting a great cause. So the, uh, the last part of the uh, entire conference will be the scientific conference. This is geared mostly towards scientists and inventors. 
This is Saturday, July 10th, and Sunday, July 11th, two-day conference, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at 2 Liberty Place on the 32nd floor. That's at 1601 Chestnut Street. The featured speakers are Robert Uth, Tom Ballone, Gary Peterson, James Corum, Kenneth Corum, James Hardsty, Fran McCabe, Anna Atanaskovich, David Rosignoli, Russell Anderson, Michael Treat, and Tatiana Militek. Registration for the scientific conference is only $110, and you can register at the Tesla Science Foundation's website. For emerging details, see the conference website at www.teslasciencefoundation.org. You could also join the Nikola Tesla Club Meetup Group for details about all of the events that the Tesla Science Foundation and the associated Nikola Tesla Inventors Club host. Their meetup group is ntesla.meetup.com slash 38. That's n-t-e-s-l-a dot meetup dot com slash 38. So that's the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations coming up in less than two weeks in Philadelphia. Next event I'd like to plug is the Philadelphia UFO Awareness Day 2010. This is hosted by Pennsylvania Mutual UFO Network. This will be taking place Sunday, July 18th from noon to 6 p.m. And the good news is that this event is also free to attend. There's going to be six speakers at this event and just added Great news that um, uh, from Temple University, Dr. David Jacobs will be headlining the Philadelphia UFO Awareness Day 2010. David Jacobs will be giving a lecture on the abduction phenomenon. So he'll be headlining it. I also have the honor of having been asked to speak at this event. So I will actually have a presentation there. Um, my lecture will be entitled, Don't Count on Disclosure, where I'm going to get into some of the deepest reasons, the occult reasons for the cover-up of the uh, phenomenon of extraterrestrial intelligence. Chris Augustin will also be presenting. He's a paranormal investigator. His website is Aliens the Truth. Dot com. His lecture will also feature the topic of alien abductions. Bill Weber will also be speaking. He is a Pennsylvania MUFON state section director and field investigator. His lecture will be entitled UFOs and Technology. Michael Melton, a Pennsylvania Mutual UFO Network state section director and field investigator will be giving a lecture entitled UFO Investigations, Interviewing the Witness. And finally, Bob Gardner, Pennsylvania MUFON Chief Investigator and Field Investigator, will be presenting credible and convincing evidence for the existence of UFOs. Again, this event is Sunday, July 18th, from noon to 6 p.m. 
at Germ Books and Gallery, one of the best bookstores in the Philadelphia area. Germ Books is at 2005 Frankfurt Avenue, Philadelphia, PA, 19125. Again, this event is free to attend. And the websites to check out are MUFON, PA, that's M-U-F-O-N-P-A, dot com, and GermBooks.com. Finally, last event announcement I have, uh, and you'll be hearing a lot more about this in weeks to come. The event is called Free Your Mind, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. This will be taking place in Philadelphia, Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th, 2011. The location is still yet to be determined, but we're closing in on a definitive uh, event location, and I'll be announcing that over the next couple of weeks. Admission price will be $20 per day. We will be looking to have approximately 12 to 14 confirmed speakers by the time this event is, uh, is hosted. Right now, we have three confirmed speakers, including myself, Michael Kelly, and Aram McCollum. So this is already shaping up to be a great event, and there'll be a lot more information presented on this show over the next several weeks about the Free Your Mind Conference, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult in Philadelphia in April of 2011. So those are the event announcements for the evening. I guess what I'll do is very briefly recap what we've been discussing over the last couple of weeks here on What on Earth is Happening. The topic that we've been deeply exploring over the recent weeks has been mind control in general. And we talked about a couple of weeks ago the nature of a system that must be in place if mind control is going to be propagated and is going to be effective. That system must have two general characteristics. It has to be hierarchically structured, meaning that it has to be set up in levels where those at higher levels are at higher levels of awareness of the agenda of the organization or system. Those at lower levels are much more in number, are much greater in number, but they are much more ignorant regarding the true intentions and the true aims of the institution or organization that they are a part of at a lower level. The second aspect of a system that uses mind control and manipulation to advance its aims and agendas is that it must be compartmentalized. We talked about compartmentalization as breaking the structure into smaller subsystems such that each subsystem is unaware of the goals that the other subsystems are working toward, are working to advance. It's a blind leading the blind scenario. It is a left hand not understanding what the right hand is doing scenario. So these are the two most necessary aspects of a structure 
that is going to advance a hidden agenda. The next thing that we talked about over, over last week was the nature of these systems in and of themselves are occult in nature. And again, this is a word we will be hearing a whole lot about as the show progresses, as the weeks go by, because there is a negative and untrue association attached with the word occult. And this is, in fact, a part of mind control, getting people to associate words with certain concepts and ideas. Play a word association game with any of your friends or family members regarding the word occult, O-C-C-U-L-T, occult. And when you bring that word up to most people, they will immediately respond that they feel that that word generally means to them evil. Evil is the most commonly associated word with the word occult. So test this theory. Test this, uh, this statement. Just play a simple word association game with people. Ask them what the first word that comes into their mind when you say the word occult. And I guarantee you 95% of the time you will receive the answer evil. And this is by design. Occultists do, do not want people to look into their ideologies. They do not want people to look into their methodologies. Because once you do, you understand, you begin to understand and open up your mind about the hidden power structures of this world. Because that is all the word occult means and has ever meant. The word itself simply means hidden. It is derived from the Latin language, as we talked about. It comes from the Latin verb occultare. Occultare is derived from the word oculus, which is the Latin word for eye, as in that which we see with, eye, E-Y-E. So occult simply means hidden from sight, hidden to the eye, to the seen, hidden from sight, not easily seen. That is all the word occult means when we look at its etymology and derivation. Why would anyone want you to associate occult knowledge with evil? Well, if you think it's evil, you won't look into that knowledge, and that knowledge would be much easier to control people with, because the occult is a set of techniques and practices that can influence the mind. That is what occult knowledge is. And what better way to maintain control and influence over people's mind than to dissuade them from looking into the very techniques and the very methodologies that you are using to manipulate their minds. If you get them thinking, this is all evil, and I, I have no business looking into any of it, and oh, it's something that I'm afraid of, and I shouldn't look into it all, 
you have them right where you want them from the very beginning because they'll never understand the techniques that are being employed against them. So, that is how mind control essentially works. What I'm going to begin doing over the next several weeks is introducing different occult methodologies. These are the methodologies of mind control that are employed by occultists. People who know and have known these techniques in many cases for thousands of years because this stream of knowledge goes right back into our ancient past. You know, you've heard the term, if people do not learn from the past, they are doomed to repeat it. Well, this is the case. This is a true statement, definitively true. Most of us are ignorant, sadly. You can say that's a negative statement, but it happens to be a true statement. Most people are very ignorant about history, about our past, about the events that have occurred in our past. And this is why most of the time we squander opportunities to see the same patterns as events play out in our world that have played out in, in our past. And if we miss those patterns, if we are not aware of those patterns, we are essentially sabotaging our own opportunities to see them coming this time around because time does move in cycles. History does repeat itself. This is not just a saying. Time moves in secular movements like wave patterns. And it, it brings us opportunities that we may have failed to learn from in the past. And often, even if we did learn the lesson, it will challenge us to prove that we learned the lesson in the past. And if we're not aware of those dynamics, if we're not aware of those patterns, when they come up, we will squander those opportunities for learning and growth and advancement in consciousness. And suffering will be attached with that squandered opportunity. So part of understanding the past is understanding how this stream of occult knowledge has not only been compartmentalized, hidden, structured in hierarchy, meted out to people that other people at high levels of awareness and knowledge deemed worthy to receive it, and they set themselves up as the keepers of said, said knowledge, okay? This is how they have been able to socially engineer and bring in so much covert control of people. And that's why we see such a controlled society that we do today in every, invasively, in seeking to take over more and more aspects of our daily lives. And the name of the game is control. 
They don't call it mind control for no reason. The name of the game is control, covert control. Because a covert form of control is not as easily spotted as an overt or an open form of control. See, when there's an overt form of control exercised physically over people, they're very aware of it because it's right in their face. But when it's a form of mind control, of covert control, that form of control often goes unchallenged largely because it goes unseen. Unseen. Again, the word occult means hidden from sight, not easily seen, available only to the initiated, those who have begun the task of decoding this hidden knowledge. And I'll tell you right now, folks, this is necessary to understand. People will say, oh, we don't need to know all of the methodologies and all of the forms of control that are, that are being used over the mind and how it's all occult-based nonsense. No shortcuts. This does need to be understood. It needs to be known how this works. Many people, especially in New Age schools of thought, and I'm not saying that all of that stuff is totally bad. There's some good information in it. But when they get into what you're talking about is negative because you're talking about how people are trying to control other people and we don't want to hear that. We just want to, uh, you know, meditate our way to, to world peace or you know, just work on our intuitive side or, or, or getting in touch with emotional qualities. Well, all of these things are great and should be practiced. And I'm not saying to stop doing those things. But if you do not understand the covert methodologies that are being used to subvert people's consciousness, that means their thoughts, their emotions, and their actions, then you are essentially powerless to stop the, these negative patterns from recurring when they come up again in future times as these time cycles move forward into the future. You may be able to overcome them temporarily with some of the techniques that quote-unquote New Agers advocate, but you will not steal yourself and, more importantly, educate and steal the youth, harden the youth against these covert practices and techniques. That's why it's important to consciously be aware of how these techniques work. And the, the further reason that it's critical to understand how they work is because in doing so, we learn a great deal of knowledge about how our own minds and psyches work in the process of decoding these negative and often psychopathic techniques that are employed by these dark occultists, as I have referred to them on previous shows. They are sorcerers. They are employing the art and science of manipulation techniques to get what they want at the expense of other people and 
almost invariably at their immense suffering, at other people's immense suffering, because these sorcerers of consciousness, as I refer to them as, they are psychopaths. They do not care about what happens to other people. They have no empathy, no basic feeling for the repercussion of their actions upon anyone else. They only care about their own comfort and well-being, and as long as that is taken care of, their attitude is, it doesn't matter what happens to anyone else but me. And that's the nature and the definition of a psychopath. And that is indeed what these dark controllers are. We shouldn't let that frighten us or intimidate us to speak the truth. See, people will say, well, aren't you afraid? You're describing that they're psychopathic, often murderous individuals who will do anything to get their way. Doesn't that make you scared that somebody's going to do something to you? Absolutely not. And I mean that. I do not care what anyone tries to do to me. I don't live in fear of that happening. And any of these dark occultists who may be listening to any of my work or listening to what I do, I'm not afraid of you. I don't care what you can do to me. You're dealing with a will that has transcended normal human will. And that only happens when you're not in the vibratory state of consciousness known as fear. I'm going to speak this, and nothing is going to stop me, not even being released from a physical body, if it should ever come to that, which I'm not afraid of happening. Because I'll find a way to continue to do this. Nothing is going to stop me. That's the kind of resolve we ultimately really need to come to when it comes to speaking truth to these power-mad lunatics that are currently running this asylum called planet Earth. Because they are going to continue to do this until we stop them. And the way we're going to stop them is by refusing to comply with their psychopathic ideologies and agendas. And the only way we're going to get to that level of consciousness is by understanding the methodologies that they are employing against us to make us do their bidding, thinking that we are getting something good for us in return. Therefore, we have to become empowered through knowledge, even if that knowledge is perceived as being dark, disturbing, quote-unquote negative. Okay? It is quite disturbing to understand that mind control is something that is possible, that is not only possible, but is happening actively all around us. It is an ongoing aspect of our daily lives. Conditioning is everywhere. It's in every structure that is, that, that is a fundamental part of daily living on this world, whether it be the media that we take in, these school systems, the education of our, of our youth, political structures, military structures, 
employ mind control to outrageous levels. Businesses, through marketing and other forms of propaganda and print advertisement and radio ads and TV ads, you name it, mind control is all around us. And ultimately, they are using ancient, covert knowledge. And that may be difficult for some people to come to terms with, to accept. The ancients knew an incredible amount about how the human mind and the human psychological structures that comprise the mind worked. They understood how they operated. They knew the psyche. They knew that the most important knowledge to have was the knowledge of the human psyche. On the Delphic Oracle in Greece, it is inscribed. How do you expect to know the wonders of creation if you do not know the wonders of your own house, meaning the wonders of the self? If you do not find that which is within you, you have found nothing. You will not understand anything that is outside of you because ultimately there really is no outside. Everything is generated by the mind, the generative principle. And the first principle in some of the ancient hermetic writings is that everything is derived from the mind. The mind creates all of the experiences that we experience in external manifestation. In other words, the mind is the all. The universe is mental. Everything that we encounter is a byproduct, is a product of mind first. For any idea to come into manifestation, mind employed it. For any object to come into manifestation, it had to be thought of first before it was created. The mind is the generator of our experience. We create with the psyche. We feel inwardly about that which we are generating with the mind, and then we take actions based on the marriage of those two fundamental dynamics, thought and emotion. So action is the byproduct of those two other aspects of consciousness. And we've talked about this at length on previous shows. The three aspects of the way our consciousness manifests itself being our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. And how important it is to bring those into alignment and such that they operate as one. So that we become a being that as we think, so we feel, so we act, and we are non-dual. We are united all three of those aspects of consciousness have been brought into unison. Unity consciousness. If we are not in that state of oneness within, we are in duality consciousness. And that is mind control. If anybody can get you to take actions that you know you do not agree with, 
you feel are immoral, you feel are unethical, you feel are not right, mind control was employed in some form. Ultimately, the only way to truly transcend these methodologies of mind control is to raise your consciousness, which is essentially your awareness of the patterns that are taking place both within yourself and in the external world around you. And you do that by understanding how you work first and foremost. And then when you understand that, you'll start to understand in a wider sense what's really happening in the external realm because that's a byproduct of all of the internal spaces of individuals, all of their internal makeup multiplied and then expressed outwardly. It's all a byproduct of the individuated psyches of all the people on this planet. And it's, it's very common sense when you think about it in those terms. We are creating the reality that we experience. Nothing outside of us. So the answer is to understand enough about what we truly are. How we truly work. Know the self and you will know the universe and the gods. Again, inscribed upon the Delphic Oracle, one of the seats of the mystery school traditions. The sad state of affairs that human consciousness has come to in the modern day is because we, as a whole, have forgotten who and what we truly are. And we do not know in mass, it is not common knowledge, sadly, how the psyche works, what the components of the brain are, what they're responsible for regulating and doing, how they may become imbalanced and behaviors will follow. Certain kinds of behaviors will follow when certain structures in the brain are at a, a significant level of imbalance. People don't understand it as a whole how their brains function. Most people couldn't tell you any of the parts of the brain. We've covered this on previous shows, the structures of the human brain, the physiology of the brain. Fascinating study, neuroscience, into understanding the behaviors that we see demonstrated and acted out all around us in the world. So knowledge of self is what this is ultimately about, and I cringe when I hear people say, we can get through this, we can get past this dilemma that the human species is in, in control, and in low vibratory states of consciousness without knowing how mind control works. Good luck with that, folks. If that's the route you want to go down, you're going to be here and you're going to be in this position of suffering for a long, long, long time. And I really, it, 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 it doesn't bother me how condescending that may sound to some individuals who are listening. Because there are people 
who will say there's no such thing as mind control. Well, I, I don't. I don't even care if that's some people's a belief, or because that's all it is, is a belief. I don't believe that mind control is an operation. I was employing these practices and techniques during my years of involvement in the occult. I don't think they exist. I don't believe anything about their existence. I know they exist. I know they're in operation, and I know how they work. And I don't make any apologies for that statement. That happens to be the case. I do understand this information that I'm presenting, or I wouldn't present it to other people. If I thought this was inaccurate, I wouldn't be speaking about it. I would keep it to myself until I was able to confirm it through personal experience or enough personal research into the matter, of which I happen to have both of those criteria when it comes to this type of information. The most important being direct experience in some of the occult orders, which I'll probably be getting into and talking about over the weeks to come. But what I want to do first and foremost is to help people to understand this information is ancient. It has been with humankind for thousands and thousands of years. And it is essentially derived from what people have come to call the mystery traditions of consciousness. And there are hundreds of orders that are part of these mystery school traditions. But the, instead of going in-depth into all of the different orders we could talk about, we could talk about Freemasonry, we could talk about Rosicrucianism, we could talk about Hermetic traditions, we could talk about Theosophical traditions, um, we could talk about Thelemic traditions, you, you could talk about Kabbalah, on and on and on. You could get into hundreds of mystical traditions. The, the thing that is important to keep in mind is that this information is essentially the most ancient form of psychology that has ever been with mankind. This is knowledge of how the human psyche works and the underlying motivations of mankind. That's what's important to keep in mind. And in general, people call the places, the occult schools that this information has been derived from, has been kept within, and has been disseminated slowly over time to the elect, the elite, the enlightened, whatever you want to call it. I personally don't even like to use those terms because they are elitist and they are separative. I, I do not agree with the keeping back of knowledge, no matter how seemingly dangerous or in the wrong hands you may deem it to be. I don't agree with that concept. That's why I am no longer and never will be any, uh, a member of any occult order. I am a sovereign individual. I represent no one. I present me. That's it. I represent no one else, 
I give no permission for anyone else to act as my representative. I present my information, interests, qualities, consciousness, etc. No one represents me, and I represent no one. There is no one... Uh, no, no one's interests are being served or presented here except what I feel is powerful information about what is actually taking place on the earth in the times that we live in. And I am disseminating that information as freely and as openly as I possibly can do it and as widely as are within my capabilities the technologies that are available to me and the other minds that also want to see this inf important information disseminated. So that's why I do this. In the interest of the truth coming out about what is taking place, and as I've said, no one will dissuade me from that course, no matter what kind of intimidation or scare tactics are used because I'm not backing down, because I'm not afraid of what can be done to me because I understand I'm not this body. So best of luck to anyone that wants to try to stop what I'm doing here. Best of luck to you. That's all I can say. So, I see we have a caller on the line. I'm going to go to the call, and uh, we'll, we'll see what Johnny P. 21st, you are on. What? On oh, my earth? goodness, you are so selfish. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Not bad, not bad. What do you have for us today? Did you want to bring up something or talk about something? I saw that you called in. I, I usually go to callers that call in. Uh, if you were just listening that way, that's fine. But you, you want to bring up anything on air? Okay. Looks like he either wasn't ready or hung up. So... Um, yeah, I'll give the call-in number again if anyone wants to call in. Uh, the, the technology that this show is done on is TalkShoe. Um, it's a great service, uh, collaborative calling program. So um, sometimes people just call in to listen to the show, and they may not be prepared because you could also do it that way. You can listen in on the call-in number. Uh, I, I kind of like would like to see the, the, the phones used for just people who want to participate and contribute something to the show. So when I see someone call in, I, I you know, unmute them and take their call on the air. It's fine if you want to listen, but um, you know, l let's see if, uh, if anybody wants to call in and actually get involved in the, the discussion. The call-in number is 724-444-7444. And the call ID number, which you have to enter when you call in, is 83515. So the call ID number, 724-444-7444. And the call ID number is 83515. Okay, so what I want to do is, again, we're emphasizing this is ancient psychology. That's essentially what mind controls techniques are. The ancients, through these mystery traditions or occult tradi traditions, began to understand far back in human ancestry how the structures of the psyche 
worked. They understood the compartments of the mind, of the brain, the different components of the human brain and how they functioned. And they understood that we either worked upon our understanding of these principles and dynamics and also physiology, okay? We learned about this and we made ourselves better as far as the psyche was concerned, more equipped to deal with anything that we may come into contact with, situations that may arise. We became more ethical and uh, empathetic, compassionate toward other individuals around us if we developed these understandings and if we worked with these principles of the psyche and delved into ourselves to understand how these dynamics work within us. They also understood that if we did not, we would revert to almost an animal-like state of consciousness. They also understood, and, and that state of consciousness is all around us. I mean, we talk about being human, but the fact of the matter is most people on this planet are not at the level of even human beings. They are not being as a human is. They act more like a member of the animal nature that lurks down within under the subhuman level than they do a human many individuals in this world. This is part of the mind control system. They are attempting, the, the people who understand this knowledge and have perverted it, have used it for their benefit only, to subvert the consciousness of other individuals, what they're doing with that knowledge and that covert form of control is essentially pushing the individuals of this planet down into lower states of consciousness through fear and manipulation until they become more like animals than they are like human beings. And that may be also difficult for most people to hear. That's fine. The truth remains the truth regardless of what we feel about it. This is one of the techniques of mind control. Play upon emotional preferences. We'll talk about this extensively. This is one of the most effective mind control techniques. People don't like hearing direct truth once they have come to a certain level of comfort regarding what they feel is true in the world, their perceptions of reality. They get conditioned into this state of perception that they believe is true, and then that becomes comfort because those neural patterns in the brain are nested and they are hardwired into the brain. We started talking about this a bit last week. This creates emotional patterns in the brain. And when somebody hears information that conflicts with those emotional dynamics that are hardwired into them, they rebel against hearing it at all. This is called cognitive dissonance. It's a psychological condition. It's called wishing to lie to yourself 
even in light of evidence and abundant information to the contrary. Let's look at the example of the recent G20 conference in Canada and the one that happened before that months ago in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Well, you could ask people who have seen the footage of this conference, if that's what you want to call it, that requires quote-unquote security. I don't know about you, but to me, works done in the light of day for the good of humanity don't need any kind of security like what is evidenced at the G20. Okay? Yet, you'll show people the footage of their free speech rights being decimated right in front of their eyes, rubber bullets being fired at people, LRAD cannons being fired at people, people being outright beaten, having done nothing, nothing with, with clubs, pepper sprayed, having done nothing but assemble and speak. And if you want to get into the whole, oh, anarchists are coming with their trash cans to smash windows and smashing windows with chairs, etc., please, this is another psychological warfare tactic called agent provocateuring. This is you hire a group or you have a covert group that are undercover agents acting as the opposition. You, they, you get them to create a violent or chaotic situation so you can justify going in and beating on people or spraying tear gas into the crowd. It's the Hegelian dialectic. This is called chaos magic. I refer to it as chaos sorcery. It is starting a chaotic event. So you can get a confused reaction. And then you can propose to use, sneak in to use that opportunity to propose a solution that would ordinarily be completely frowned upon. It's very simple. I call it chaos confusion opportunity. Create the chaos. Wait for the confused reaction and then use that opportunity to slip in your predetermined solution which ordinarily would not have been stood for. This is philosophy that was basically, um, basically derived out of the writings of George Hegel, a German philosopher, who did not advocate, it, advocate this dialectical principle to be used in such a manipulative way, but yet that is how his, his writings have come to be interpreted and used. I don't feel that that's the original intention for Hegel's uh, dialectic. However, that is how the um, mind controllers who come up with these schemes and plots and inside jobs and, you know, sorcery is what it is. It's sorcery over the mind. That's what they're using it for. And we'll get into that as a technique. Before I even list the multifaceted techniques, because the mind is accosted, not at one level, but at multifaceted levels and, and multifaceted methodologies are employed to subvert the human psyche. Before I even get into listing what they are, and then we'll talk about them, we'll start to break them down one at a time over the next several weeks, 
what I want to do is just basically give a general outline of what are the basic ways that mind control works on people. What are the basic principles that underlie all of the forms of mind control that are out there? And when you really break this down, when you break each of the manipulation techniques down, you see that there are only a few underlying principles upon which mind control is based. And when I, when I, when I list what they are, some people are going to be skeptical. They're going to say, it can't be that easy. There's no way it's that simple. There has to be more to it than that. Well, truth is always simple, folks. And in keeping with that, it may confuse some people to initially hear that manipulation and deception is also simple. It is not as complex as people want to make it out to be. Once these basic building blocks are understood, you can see it everywhere because it is quite simple. And the simplest things are the most effective things. The problem in seeing it resides in the complexity that the occult controllers want to embed into our thinking. They want us to think. They want to manipulate us into thinking that the universe is irreducibly complex, that there are no basic fundamental principles upon which the psyche or the mind work upon. They want you to think that it is so enormously complex that you can never understand anything, so why bother to try? That is one of the, the key fundamental underlying techniques that is used in occultism. And we will talk about how simplicity is replaced with or you know, subverted by this notion of complexity. All truths are fundamentally simple. So is mind control. Here are the basic underlying fundamental principles upon which mind control works. Here they are. Words is number one and perhaps the most powerful. Words. The use and meanings of words is one of the fundamental techniques of mind control. As strange as that may seem to, to think of, words are fundamental to controlling other people's minds. The second fundamental principle is color. Color, yes. The basic colors that we see with our eyes. These are frequencies. Words are sounds which we emit from our vocal cords, 
from our throats, the throat chakra, the energy that comes from this spiritual vortex or center of energy within the body, through the vocal cords, passing air, a vibration over them. This is vibratory energy. It is a frequency. Words. Color. So we have sound and sight. It is already working upon. Colors of the visible spectrum of light are frequencies. They are wavelengths that we decode just like we decode wavelengths of sound with our ears. So words, colors, the next basic principle upon which mind control works is shape. Now we can talk about shape as archetypes. A-R-C-H-E-T-Y-P-E. Archetype. An archetype is a fundamental, simple shape that it has an intrinsic meaning, an inherent meaning that is self-existing in the human psyche. And that is another concept that some people will have a hard time with, that a shape in and of itself already has a pre-assigned meaning within the structures of the mind. I'm not going to attempt to convince someone that that's true. I happen to be aware that that is the case, that that is true. Archetypes are simple, fundamental shapes. The circle is one of them. The square, the triangle, the blade, as it is called, an upward-pointing chevron shape, the chalice, a downward-pointing chevron shape or a V shape. The straight line, the cross. These are archetypes. They have deep, intrinsic meaning, self-existing meaning in the human psyche. Just being displayed, they will put the the viewer into a certain state of consciousness. You will see lines used in certain, straight lines used in certain advertisements used for a more logical left brain purpose. You will see curves and, and circles used when there is a more esoteric or spiritual or intuitive dynamic attempting to be communicated or displayed or associated with in an ad, for example. So we have words. We have colors. We have shapes. The next one is a a slightly more complex one, and it is the last one that I'll be going into to talk about the basic principles of mind control. And this is These are symbols. Look at the word symbol. A symbol is a series of archetypes 
put together to form a more complex, deeper meaning archetype. A symbol, you are combining shapes. You're combining colors, sometimes words, into an arrangement, a specific arrangement that is for very specific purposes of reaching the psyche at fundamental levels of awareness. So symbols, more complex arrangements of archetypal shapes, often with colors and words attached to them. So you're employing all of the first three dynamics that I spoke about. The word symbol itself, okay, it's an instrument that resonates sound wave vibrations, vibratory sound energy, a symbol when it is struck, resonates, it vibrates back and forth. That's what a symbol does as well, meaning an arrangement of more complex, and a more complex arrangement of simple archetypal shapes. Symbols are a language unto themselves. They are read just like words. They are combined just like words in a sentence. So we will go into over the next many weeks how all of these basic fundamental principles come together to influence individuals' thinking, to influence individuals' emotions, and to influence individuals' behaviors. That's what mind control is there for. So in a more proper sense, we could not even talk about it as mind control. What we're really talking about is consciousness control. Because the consciousness is the expression of thoughts which arise from mind, emotions which arise from the inward expression of thought within the body. Emotion is manifested inwardly in the physiology. And the control over behavior or actions, which is the outward expression or the the byproduct of thought and emotion. So what we're really talking about here is the control of human consciousness. And as difficult as it may be to register with some, this is accomplished through words, colors, shapes, and symbols. So sound, energy, light, energy, and form, energy. That is how human consciousness is manipulated when the knowledge of how this may be done is used for egoic purposes, for the ego, for just serving 
that lowercase s self that we talked about in relation to and in contrast with the higher self or the high will. Will with a capital W. This manipulation, these manipulation techniques are employed to serve the ego, the lowercase s self, and the lowercase w will. The egocentric, often psychopathic will of the sorcerer who is employing them. The one who knows how this hidden occult knowledge of the human psyche works and employs it not to raise consciousness of others, not to help foster a consciousness of non-duality, of unity consciousness, of recognizing that all are one, and as one suffers, all are in suffering, but to serve only the agenda and the selfish, ego-centered, self-centered view and, and, and drives of the practitioner of these techniques himself or herself. And that is how, that is the difference between these techniques. These techniques can be used to enlighten and to enhance consciousness. It is how they are used that determines what results as a result of employing them. And why I'm going to get into a deep breakdown of all of these techniques is to empower people, not to put them in fear, you are empowered when you understand how something works because it is affecting you. Whether you believe this or not does not matter. Again, people will hear that and they will get angry. Get as angry as you want. As angry as you want. It's utterly meaningless. It, it is absolutely it's negligible. It does not matter whatsoever. You don't need to believe that this is an operation. See, some people say, well, I don't believe in that stuff. Oh, well, the commercials on TV, I don't pay attention to them, so they have no effect on me. Well, guess what? If you're in the room, they're having an effect on you because they're going speaking right to the subconscious mind. They're bypassing the conscious mind. And the psychologists that analyze every microsecond of a TV ad, they understand that, that that's exactly what they're doing. They're in total, full cooperation with these companies to penetrate the outer veil of human consciousness and slip messages right into the subconscious. They would do it at a deeper level through subliminals if they were even allowed to do that. And they slipped many of them in because even regulators and people who are supposed to watch out for that stuff allegedly protecting the public interest against you know invasion of the subconscious realms of the psyche they, they don't even understand how a lot of these techniques work one of the things to instantly verify this this is one people can see right out in the open it's very simple just watch your nightly news broadcast, whether in your local area or nightly national news. Just, just do that. Do it tonight. Turn on any news program, the 11 o'clock news in your area, and t you, I won't even tell you what this is. Okay? You tell me. How's that? Tell me what color 
you're going to be bombarded with throughout the almost the entirety of the news broadcast. Find out. Watch any average news broadcast, 11 o'clock news, your local station, and tell me the predominant color that you will see throughout the entire news program. Once you have that answer, then tell me why. That's the critical part. You can understand, oh yeah, here, they're showing me this color repeatedly, over and over and over in almost every segment. Well, why? Why would they keep displaying that same color over and over and over? Why not a different color? Why not a rainbow of colors? Oh, there's a reason for it. And it's mind control. People know how this stuff works. And they're using it very deliberately and calculatedly. It's no accident. So if anybody knows the answer to that question, call in. Bring it up on the show. I can tell you why, but do it tonight and then call in next week. Tell me what's the predominant color on your local news broadcast on television. And if you could find out why, even all the more power to you. Call in and, and you, tell, you tell the audience why. Words, colors, shapes, and symbols sound energy, light energy, form energy, the energy in archetypes. This is the basic fundamental methodologies at the core fundamental level that mind control is fundamentally built upon. That is the foundations for mind control, for consciousness control. So, with that having been established and with establishing that the sorcerers of this planet, the people who understand these psychological weapons, these techniques, are essentially deriving their information and their methodologies from what we have called the mystery traditions of consciousness. These traditions predate modern psychology and psychiatry, and they go right back into our ancient past. They are pre-history, pre-recorded writings, pre-civilization as we know it now. That's why they are called the mystery traditions. The true origins are indeed so old that they become murkier and murkier the farther back into the distant and ancient past you go. You attempt to research. They have been here with us essentially as long as we have been on this planet. That's how long mind control has been with us. And I don't tell you that to instill fear. We need to understand a significant amount about how this state of consciousness that we are experiencing on the earth 
came to be. We need to understand a significant about, amount about the traditions of occult knowledge from which these sets of techniques have been derived over thousands of years. So look at the sorcerers or the occultists of this world, the mind manipulators of this world, those who are employing these sets of techniques for covert control over the consciousness of the people of Earth. Look at them as the most ancient psychologists. They have taken their knowledge from the most ancient psychologists that ever lived who penned this information about how the psyche works, put it down in books and in oral traditions over thousands of years. Right up into the modern age, this knowledge has been kept hidden and passed down through the generations. And that's why there has always been a small controlling class because this controlling class has this knowledge of how the human psyche works and they use it all the time. They do not hesitate to use it for their sick, demented, ego-driven, psychopathic purposes because all they care about is themselves. They are from a generational lineage of psychopaths that goes back right into the ancient world. And I don't tell you that to encourage or to inspire fear in anyone. Understanding this is empowerment. It is empowering to understand how we are being controlled because only in understanding how we are being controlled do we eventually build up our psyches such that we become psychologically resistant to these methodologies of covert control over human consciousness. It's like lifting weights, folks. I couldn't throw a 200-pound dumbbell at you and expect you to catch it if you've never lifted any weights in, in, in your life. But if you worked your way up and built the muscles in your arms up to a point where you were so strong that that wouldn't even be like holding a lot of weight, it would be possible. That would take time, however. See, there is a time dimension in this. Time is not wholly illusory. It is not wholly an illusion, as many people in New Age teachings will teach. Time is a requirement. I look at it as a spiritual currency, of which there are two. Time is one. That's why we say we spend time. Well, what are you purchasing with that time? You're spending a form of spiritual currency by what you do with the time you are allotted the other form of currency is another thing we say, we pay. We spend time and we pay attention. So it does require time and attention to understand these methodologies and how they work 
and it requires time and attention to understand how the human psyche essentially works. And only in doing so are we building up the muscle that is required to become psychically and psychologically strong enough to resist this form of mind control. When we've built up that muscle, so to speak, we become strong enough to actively resist covert control over our consciousness. And I will never, ever capitulate to the notion that it is not necessary to consciously, actively understand how these techniques work. You're not going to, get, you're not going to take a shortcut and win if that's what you're thinking. And many people in the New Age movement, and I know I keep you know, talking about that negatively like I'm attacking it. And in a way, yes, I am. I'm attacking the New Age ideologies that are out there of never look at the negative. Don't spend any time on that. Only just work on you know, understanding the higher aspects of consciousness. Nonsense and BS. You need to know how the negative works as well as the positive if you're going to be balanced. And is, is for as long as the human species does not understand these quote-unquote negative technologies of the mind, is as long as they will be manipulated by them. Get over it. Get over it. And I, I know, okay, that's... that's uh, very uh, harshly stated, that's very, you know, you could say, okay, that's, that you're viewing that in a one-track way. Say whatever you like. I'm explaining how this dynamic does indeed work. You're not going to take a shortcut through it and really be conscious and really be awoken and really be steeled against a negative influence trying to control you doesn't work that way, folks. Get, get, get over that New Age notion, notion that there's some kind of instantaneous satori or instant enlightenment. Understanding how mind control works and understanding how the human psyche works takes time and attention. And that's what enlightenment ultimately is. How are you spending your time? What are you paying attention to? Who are you paying attention to? Who are you paying attention to? Who are you listening to? And you know why we're in the, the morass that we are in? Why we're in the ditch that we have dug for ourselves? Because we haven't done this work in the early, early years of our lives. Most of us are so mind-controlled and so conditioned by our own parents because they are mind-controlled and conditioned. And we're, that was done to them by their parents because they were mind-controlled and conditioned. It's a self-perpetuating dynamic. Once we break it, then we can start bringing up conscious children because we can teach them this information from a very young age and help them to understand that these, these negative influences are all around us and we need to be strengthened against them. And that is done through knowledge of self. 
through knowledge of how our psyche works, and through knowledge of how these manipulatory negative efforts and techniques do indeed work as a methodology of influencing the mind and behavior. So let's start out with the principle of no shortcuts. No shortcuts. Time and attention focused for the right reasons, for true care. This is bringing together the left brain, which requires progression of ideas in a linear way, and analysis, being able to break down and put back together. Alchemists refer to this as salve et coagula, which means, I'm sorry, co coagula et salve, to break down and then to reintegrate. Break something down. Understand its parts. Understand its constituent elements. Then you will be able to see how it all fits together. And you'll be able to integrate not only that as an idea, but you'll be able to integrate yourself, your consciousness, your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions into a unison, a synergy, a oneness, a non-duality. As you think so you feel, so you act. And that's the goal here. And there's no shortcuts to that. It comes through awareness of patterns within us and around us. And that's what consciousness is. So we do need to know these principles. We, we can't expect to float by on autopilot and get it by accident. It doesn't work that way. We do need to use the logical left brain and analytical part of the brain. But we need to use that in conjunction with the sacred feminine, intuitive, nurturing, and caring, and empathetic, empathetic right brain hemisphere. The sacred feminine energies of the goddess, so to speak. Our feminine nature, whether we are male or female. This isn't male or female. This is masculine and feminine energies and thought dynamics coming together as one. The balancing of the left brain hemisphere with the right brain hemisphere to open up the all-seeing eye or the third eye as it has been called, the third eye chakra. True knowledge, true mastery, I, I call this state dominion, the rulership of the kingdom of self, understanding what you have control over and being in control of those things. And you have control over nothing except your own thoughts, your own emotions, and your own actions. And you have control over nothing else but those three things. All forms of external control are an illusion based in the dynamic of fear, based in the energy of fear. So, understanding why it is critical to know these methodologies, why we're not going to get around the low point in consciousness that we have come to and solve it without understanding these principles. Let, let's begin this week 
to look at the multifaceted techniques that the sorcerers, the dark occult controllers, manipulators are using, are employing knowledge that date predates our current civilization that goes back into the ancient world, thousands of years old. Let's look at some basic techniques, specific techniques that they use to manipulate human consciousness. And this has been called many, many names, this overarching war, because that's what this is. This is a war on consciousness. That is what I prefer to call this whole set of techniques, which we'll be breaking down over many weeks here on the show. Well, we'll be doing this for several weeks. I can't say how many. You might be able to do a couple of uh, methodologies per week. Maybe we can go through this in the next two months. Maybe eight, eight future weeks. Maybe ten. Who knows? Maybe more than that. But I'm going to spend a lot of time on mind control. And I'm, I'm going to I'm going to parlay that time spent on techniques of mind control. Over the weeks, we will get into specific forms of occultism connected with some of these techniques. And we will start to break that down. And I will, I, you can view this almost as an occult initiation, an initiation into occult knowledge. And that is a positive thing because you will be receiving some of the information you could explore it so in so much incredible detail on your own if you're a driven person if you like to read if you like to do research if once somebody gives you a little bit of information you take that ball and you run with it the the, the amount the the speed with which you can acquire and accumulate great amounts of empowering information by what you're going to hear over the next many weeks on this show, we'll be able to take you from a level of seeing part of the picture, for those who are already partially aware, to grasping an, enormous, an enormously greater and wider picture of the reality that is actually occurring in our world. And that's the goal here on this program, because what we're ultimately trying to do is get people to understand what the causal dynamics the cause, the root cause factors of what is causing what we see manifested in our external reality. If we don't address the causal factors, then we are essentially continuing to bandage a self-inflicted wound. But we're never addressing the question of why are we inflicting the wound to begin with? We're just screaming out for more bandages. It's like putting on a movie and complaining that, wow, I really hate this movie. Let me go and smash the screen that I'm projecting the movie onto instead of changing the movie at the source, which is the projection, the projector. You're never going to do any good by continuing to bandage and treat a self-inflicted wound. I, I, I liken it to this. I, I, I joke around and say with people, the people of, of Earth are an entire world of cutters. You ever hear about this really, you know, very deeply disturbing 
psychological derangement of people that it becomes so self-loathing due to addictive patterns, due to chemical imbalances, due to extreme right brain imbalance of uh, feelings of unworthiness, that they start to cut into their flesh with blades and other sharp objects. And that they relieve some of this self-loathing through cutting themselves. Extremely disturbing, but there's, look, look it up. Many people do this. And you probably have heard about this. Well, the world is, a, is an entire world of cutters. We live on a world of cutters. And you know what we've come up with as the quote-unquote solution for being cutters? Make more bandages. Our entire culture is crying out for bandages. More bandages. This is the most important thing we can have is bandages. Nobody or I should say very few people, want to address the issue of why are we cutters? Think about it. Maybe if we addressed the question, why are we cutters? We might, just maybe, get to the point of consciousness where we would stop inflicting the wounds. Well, that's what I'm trying to do here on this show, to inspire people to want to get to that place of consciousness, to know why. The answer to the question why, but first it's got to be asked. We ask that question and then we get to the causal dynamics of what is really creating the reality that we are experiencing. Once we do that, then we're in a position, then we're in an empowered position to create true change, true, lasting solutions through a change in the underlying dynamic of what is creating that external situation. And that is our consciousness. That is what is creating that external situation. It isn't a really external situation at all. It is derived from that which is within us. So that which is within is what will become manifested without. Again, one of the hermetic principles, basic laws. As above, so below. As within, so without. This set of manipulatory techniques has been called the war on consciousness. That is essentially what I refer to it as. The great researcher Michael Tessarion, who has generated so much prolific works, deep efforts, to attempt to enlighten mankind as to these dynamics, has called these sets of techniques the war on you. This is the war on you. And there's no other war 
that's really being waged on planet Earth. All the other quote-unquote wars are all deceptions. They're all lies. They're all fabrications. They're all made up. They're all smoke screens and diversions to get your attention focused on anything but the war on you. Because there's no war on drugs. That's a war on consciousness. There's no war on homelessness. There's no war on poverty. There's no war on ignorance. There is only a war on consciousness being waged on this planet. That's the only war that's going on. Understand that if you don't already. If you do already, try to help other people understand that this is taking place and understand what the techniques are that foster and perpetuate this war on consciousness. In my presentations over the last couple of years, I have basically included within them, and you could take a look at these videos on my website, whatonearthishappening.com. I have included 14 of these basic techniques. There are many others, but these are the 14 techniques which I personally believe are the most powerful, are the most prevalent, are the ones that are the most active in society. And every one of these techniques in some form or another is to keep you spinning your wheels, accepting untruths, accepting deception and manipulation, and essentially steering you away from an understanding of your own consciousness and your own higher self. Controllers don't want you empowered by getting in touch with the higher aspects of your own consciousness, which I have referred to as the higher self, capital S self. You can call that the spark of the divine. You can call that the human soul. You can call that spirit. I don't care what you call it. It's basically the same thing we're talking about here. You have aversion to spiritual language or what has traditionally been religious ter terminology, okay, call it self, call it whatever you want. Call it the underlying intelligence that's inherent in nature that is within us all. doesn't matter what you call it. It's just a label. It's just a name. It's the same dynamic force of energy that we are all made of. I, I call it the higher self. Okay? These are the techniques that are employed to control the human consciousness. They are. I will simply list them. Then we can start going into a breakdown of them week by week. And again, I'll try to cover maybe a couple each week. The first of these methods of manipulation, these sorcerer techniques is called obfuscation. So I'll spell that for the listening audience. Obfuscation is O-B-F-U-S-C-A-T-I-O-N. Obfuscation. 
This means confusing in a simple way one thing for another. Most of the time, the thing you are confusing with another thing is the polar opposite of that very thing. So black is white, up is down, left is right, etc. That's obfuscation. We'll get into it in detail. The second technique is called worldview poisoning. Worldview poisoning. This is getting people to have a disunified view of themselves and others. Not caring about the suffering of others, uh, the whole misanthropy, hating humanity in general, thinking that there are too many people, the world is overpopulated, etc., etc., etc. Worldview poison. There are many different ways that our worldviews, which we talked about, the concept of worldview, can become utterly poisoned. And this is a big sticking point. It's one of the most critical forms of manipulation. We'll talk about that in, in upcoming weeks. The exploitation of primal fears. Yes, humanity has primal fears that stem from our ancient ancestry and former ways of life that we lived in for hundreds or thousands of years. And these patterns become ingrained in the very physiology of the human brain and the, the biochemical patterns of the synapses of the brain. Neuropathways have built up. People have fears that are ancient, that they don't understand. They're archetypal fears. I call them primal fears. A primal fear is the fear of darkness, fears of a animals, fears of abandonment, fears of chaos and disorder heavily played upon. The exploitation of primal fears, that is the manipulatory technique number three. Number four, the technique or the strategy of divide and conquer. If you're going to conquer and rule a group of people, you need to have them divided amongst each other, always fighting over their would-be differences. Keep them separated. You want to rule people, you have to keep them separated. Keep them fighting amongst themselves so they don't recognize a common enemy threatening the entire society. Divide and conquer. It is true that united we stand and divided we fall. In consciousness. We have to understand how these techniques work to get us constantly in fighting amongst ourselves. And then... We don't really have any power because we become atomized. The divide and conquer strategy, we'll get into that much more. Technique number five, indoctrination instead of education. There is no better way to put a culture 
under mind control than to indoctrinate the young. This is what we talked about briefly when we talked about the prison of the left brain, when we went into the barriers to self-realization, all the things that stop us from the recognition of self, true self. So, indoctrination. This is what we have in the Western world in place of true education. It is a form of systematic instruction that is geared almost entirely to the left brain. Logical, linear progressions of thought regurgitated back onto the piece of paper after it is memorized. That's what we have instead of true education in this country. To get somebody to accept a set of beliefs unwaveringly, indoctrinate them. But we'll get into that. Technique number six, widely and prevalently used, controlled opposition. Playing two sides off against each other to achieve the result of not getting people to see the real hidden controller. Controlled opposition. Well, the agenda is the, the one who's wielding the agenda is the puppet master in the background holding the two puppets, but he's making them fight amongst each other. And people are watching the puppet show going, oh, I like the puppet on the left. No, I like the puppet on the right. When in fact they're not making any of the real decisions or calling any of the real shots, the puppet master is. And he's getting these controlled opposition groups or puppets to war amongst each other just to put on a little dog and pony show, a little puppet show as a means of distraction. Just to distract from where the true power is being wielded from and to distract one from understanding the true self, to get them looking into anything that creates division, and creates infighting. goes hand-in-hand with divide and conquer. Technique number seven, a huge one, and probably one of the ones that's the most monolithic and monumental, and is going to take some of the most effort to overcome, because as I stated before in previous weeks, the biggest most unquestioned form of mind control, which is the only religion, the only true religion of this planet, is the monetary system. Dogma is a completely unquestioned belief. The monetary system has become dogma on this world. Who questions the very existence of money? Well, The only people that really truly question the very existence of money are people who are no longer under mind control. Because money has never been real, isn't real now, and never will be real. And that's something that most people will go to their doom refusing to accept. To their doom. They will take enormity of suffering unto death and still refuse to accept that true reality that there is no such thing as money in the natural world doesn't exist 
Never has and never will. But the financial system is the most monolithic form of mind manipulation that has ever existed on this planet. It's more pervasive than any religion. And it is the overarching religion. This is the widest held belief in something that holds back the evolutionary progress of humanity that is the most widely accepted in every culture, in every corner of the globe, the monetary system. So we'll get into that as one of the forms of manipulation and mind control. The eighth method is the control of mass media. If you control what information people get to see and hear, you basically control their consciousness. The ninth methodology is food, in quotes, and medicine, in quotes. And we could do many shows about this because this is also monolithic and it is also one of the things that keeps people under the most control through the destruction of the, of the, the physical vehicle for consciousness, the body and the brain. We are actively being poisoned through what we eat and the so-called medications that we take in the world. And that is also something that people will be very resistant to hearing, but it is constantly going on all over the world. Our food is of sub-standard quality and medication is often poison that does way more harm than it could ever do good. And um, we'll, we'll expose a lot of this on, on this show in future weeks. That was technique number nine. Technique number 10, the method of manipulation, the illusion of time. Here's where we get into a more abstract one that is a heady notion. And we will look at time as a abstract notion that basically controls the subconscious time that is based in physical objects moving in space that materializes time and since time is so the concept of time is so intricately interwoven into human consciousness it materializes human consciousness Again, this is an abstract and heady concept. We'll get into that in future weeks. Technique number 11, the denial-hassle-ridicule factor. Or in other words, us policing ourselves. Because we don't want to be viewed as the conspiracy nut or the uh, guy who thinks 9-11 was an inside job or the guy who thinks that Satanists run the world, etc., etc., etc. I don't want to be viewed outside of the quote-unquote norm. It doesn't matter if the norm is a group of mind-controlled followers. I'd just rather not have their derision and ridicule. I want to stay in the hassle-free zone. You know? In denial, cognitive dissonance, ignoring reality, the ostrich with its head in the sand. I call this the DHR factor, denial, hassle, ridicule. And then we'll look at the three big, huge techniques that even, I would say, even transcend the financial system because they go so deep to the human psychological subconscious mind. This is religion. Religion specifically as occult binding 
And we will talk about on this show how the occultists of this world are the inventors of, the originators of, all of the world's religions. And that will be a painful thing for many people to hear. Occultists invented the religions that you believe in, folks. Don't want to believe it? Believe whatever you want. That's what they did. They invented all of the religions of the world. Every one of them. You can discover this. You can read about this. You can actually research this for yourself. Start to look into the origins of religion instead of just listening to what people say about them. They were derived from these mystery school traditions that I'm referring to. That's technique number 12. Religion. Binding. As I refer to it as simply, because that, that is what religion is. The next technique, number 13, is the use of, of subversive symbolism. Symbolism that actually subverts the conscious mind and goes right to the subconscious. These are complex archetypes, com combinations of shape, sound, color, words, etc. And we will go in extensively into breakdowns of symbolic language, entire sigils, occult sigils we will break down. Complex occult symbols. Hopefully we'll create some very symbolically literate individuals by the time we're finished breaking down occult symbolism. Technique number 13, subversive use of symbols. And finally, the big gun and the one most people always fall for over and over and over and over. You may have heard of it referred to as False flag attacks. Okay? You may have heard of it as problem reaction solution, which I talked a bit about earlier on this show. Create the problem, wait for the confused and chaotic reaction, and then take that opportunity to offer your solution that is always based in control, always based in the giving up of more freedoms, the giving up of more of your inherent rights and energy to be protected, to be protected, have security, to be safe, right? Well, I call this what it is. This is chaos, sorcery, manipulation through the fear of chaos with orchestrated events to bring about a predetermined solution to the problem that you created yourself as the sorcerer of consciousness. I don't call it chaos magic as some have referred to this as. This is chaos sorcery. As we've seen in previous shows, I look at a significant difference between the dynamic of magic the techniques of magic and the techniques of sorcery because they are used for grandly different purposes. I'm going to leave it there for this evening instead of bombarding people with even more. I see we have a caller on the line. I'll wrap up the show 
with uh, this call. So here we go. Caller from Southwest Ohio, you are on. What on earth is happening? What do you have for us? It is, hello, it is the serene being from Cincinnati checking in with whatonearthishappening.com. Hey, how are you? Good. How about you, Mark? Good. Good to hear from you. Hey, good to talk to you again. Hey, uh, I am excited about it. Can, am I coming in clearly? Absolutely. I hear you perfectly. Excellent. I, I dialed on a regular landline this time instead of my cordless. Um, no problem. Uh, and thanks again for taking my call tonight. I am excited sure. about what you're talking about. I don't think the people realize what you've announced. And I, I mean, you've enumerated a lot of things tonight, which is overwhelming unto itself, but highly important, highly important. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not gathered a pen and paper to, to start taking notes, I, I implore you to start taking notes now as Mark is beginning to reveal the most important aspects of the ancient mystery schools of Babylon. Mark himself is taking this on his shoulders. Many people have tried. Many people have failed. But Mark is going to do it, and I feel it, Mark. I know it. Uh, Mark, you have um, alluded to the ancient uh, mystery schools, the knowledge, the ancient tomes which have not been shared with us, the profane, the unclean masses. Mark, we are excited that you have deigned to share this with us. As stated, I don't think people understand what you're attempting to do, uh, and and we as a people are very excited that you're uh, going to share this information with us firstly, and thank you. I thank you, and uh, I'm excited about it. I have a good feeling about it. I think that... um, you know, there's, there's an energy that is palpable and tangible to go along with this, and I think if people do apply themselves with this information, they will go far. They can understand a whole lot, and it will get them to a, a, a whole new level of awareness about what is really going on in the world. This is the underlying, these are the underlying causal factors about what we're seeing play out. We need to stop looking at it from a perspective of, oh, I hate what's going on out there. They need to know the techniques that are being used to, to covertly, covertly take control of the human psyche to get us to create negative events in our external, our so-called external situations. Once we take back that power and we are immune, we become psychologically immune to these negative influences over the, the manipulating the mind, then we have taken back our power and we can use it for the true benefit of our species. And that is the ultimate goal of why I'm putting out this information. And again, this is derived from first-hand experience. One of the big differences is I was involved in this myself. I make no bones about that. I've been open about that. And I, I understood how immoral some of the things that were taking place with regards to this information and these techniques, and that's why I'm going to speak about it openly. I'm going to get this information out into the world as much as is within my capability to do so. No one's going to get me to back down from that. I don't care who threatens me or what is attempted to do to me. Like I said, at the place in consciousness I have come to, the will that I have been able to build up within myself to do something like this transcends normal um, aspects of the average human will because it's not really me. 
I've, I've given over my will to that higher case W will and said, let my will not be done. Let thy will be done. And that is why I'm going to continue to speak the truth and reveal this information and not be dissuaded. So, caller, I thank you so much. That about wraps up this show. I will see you guys here next Tuesday. We'll continue to go into mind control techniques and, and uh, manipulation methodologies. I'm Mark Passio. This is What on Earth is Happening. See you next week, everyone. Thanks for listening.